Yo, everybody, Trey here from the Ednium Podcast. Excited to be back with y'all, man. We are back, ready to get moving and grooving once again. Took a little bit of a break over the summer just to strategize, figure out what's next, not only for the Ednium Podcast, but for Ednium as an organization. Um, Really excited. Uh, We turned one on July 15th. And uh, none of that happens without everybody that's been involved with this from the jump. It's been a long road and it was a long year uh, for everybody. And it was just amazing, you know, what could happen when you build and bring people who care about something together and how much we can accomplish in a short amount of time, given, you know, seemingly insurmountable obstacles. Um, Over the past year, you know, we got some things done. We got policy revisions in the policy handbook at the district for financial literacy and cultural competency to become graduation requirements in the school year of 2023. And, you know, we really look forward to continuing that work. A lot of work still has to be done uh, with the community, with teachers, uh, with the whole ecosystem, man, just to make sure that, you know, now that we pass the policy, that it gets implemented well. Um, And more importantly, you know, that win being whether or not it impacts people's lives, which I'm confident um, if we continue this momentum and continue to work with students as our focus, that we'll be able to get it done. Really excited about our uh, guest this week to to kick us off, uh, my man Luis Antizana. Um, I first met Luis. He was a he was a counselor at Abraham Lincoln High School uh, back when I was in my uh, college recruitment days, and uh, was really struck by this dude's passion um, and his ability to connect with students. And although he's not from Denver, he spent a great deal of time um, and has continuously. Uh, found ways to invest in our communities here in our backyard, um, specifically with uh, his new venture called Juntos to College, which you'll hear a lot about, uh, but really is focused on making sure everybody has access to higher education and economic mobility um, with a specific focus in supporting those uh, who may be undocumented in our community. Uh, this man has done a lot and continues to do a lot. And his story is really reflective of a lot of folks that uh, came up in the city and a lot of people that you have heard on this podcast as well. So. I'm really excited to, to uh, share this conversation with you all, and um, I'm excited to get back at it. Let's get it. Peace. Go ahead and say something for me. Check, 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 check. Testing. Man, we live, hey, baby. What's right. up, man? Right, let's go. I know that was that. That took a minute. We uh, <laughs> we got through that. That though, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. How you living, bro? I. I you know, I got my health. That's number one. Yes, you know, sir. so I'm feeling good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell the uh, tell the world who we're talking to. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Luis Antesana. Uh, I'm an educator, entrepreneur, um, and the core of my community is the undocumented community. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you heard all the hashtags: undocumented and educated, uh, undocumented entrepreneur. Um, and we are here, man. We are here trying to uh, redesign yeah. the way society was built. So yeah. yeah, everyone says that it's not working, but that's just working exactly the way it was designed. True. That's what they always. That's what we hear a lot. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. And and it's uh, you know it's we we can't wait for mm-hmm. our saviors. Nope. No, we are our saviors. Like we ha- we got to get this done. You know, we got to support uh, our community, whoever we may be, and moving forward together. Yup. Yup. So you said you you said a lot about like your identity. One question I got asked. And it was it was kind of crazy because it made me think. Um, someone asked me like, "Who are your people?" Hmm. Yeah. And like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and when I think of who are my people is really like my my roots and, and what I call home, right? And I think 
it all begins, man, with uh, my birthplace. Hmm. So I was born in Cochabamba, Bolivia. Oh, God. You know, so Bolivians are my people in that sense, right? Yeah. Um, so I was born in, in, in Cochabamba, beautiful, beautiful city. Um, and uh, and I, I, I remember kind of like, you know, some vivid memories of me running around with my cousins, like a mm. bunch of cousins, just, you know, just laughing. And then when life. we fell, when we tripped, crying together, you yeah. know, <laughs> uh, as kids do. And then... Um, and then, and then I remember us being um, at the terminal, uh, and my entire, all of our family, just a gang of us, just there and just hugging and crying. Mm-hmm. And I was seven. I had, mm-hmm. I had no idea exactly what was happening, yeah. but it definitely felt like I wasn't going to be able to see them for a long time. Yeah. And um, and that was the day that we took the airplane to come to the United States. Yep. Uh, my my both my parents and my uh, me and my two brothers, and um, and yeah and 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 you know um, I'll probably share a little bit about this, but um, they're 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 my people that I grew up with that I was um, that that gave me kind of my childhood in that sense mm-hmm. prior to coming to the U.S. Um, and I wouldn't see them for another seventeen years thereafter, and my parents Damn. wouldn't see them um, up until this day. Damn. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, but we so we migrated uh, when I was seven. This was two thousand January of two thousand. Um, we landed in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why my parents chose that place is because we had uh, an aunt mm-hmm. uh, and an uncle and their uh, two children, my cousins, who had already lived in the U.S. Mm. Um, and um, and so so then I was raised in Los Angeles, California, particularly in uh, Northeast LA, uh, Highland Park. Um, which was a lot different growing up than what it is now. Now it's like very gentrified and like homes are averaging like 650,000 for like a small two bedroom. You know, it's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, man, no, I grew up in, uh, in the city of LA. So, um, Angelinos, you know, the Angelinos are also my people in that regard, specifically La Gente, the, co- the community and on the east side of Los Angeles, northeast mm-hmm. side, is, uh, specifically. Um, and, um, and I, and I share that part because, man, growing up in, in Los Angeles, like, it's a, it, it's a crazy place to be in, you know? Mm. There is an incredible amount of hustlers, of yep. like just hard workers, man. People that just always looking to do their best. Um, and one of the reasons is because, um, yeah, you just got to survive out there, man. Mm-hmm. You got to survive, you know, and you got to fight even if you don't want to fight. Yeah, you know, um, and, and I, 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 I don't tell this story very much, but um, I remember like uh, you know first year of high school, um, there was just this kid that was just being a bully, mm-hmm. you know. There's um, always that one. There's always that one man, you know. It's just like calling you names, yeah. tossing paper, um, and and sometimes you can like tolerate that. You just ignore some of the haters, right? Um, but it came this day where. Um, I I would just I wear my my fresh uh, shirt from Ross. Yep, <laughs> we go to yep. Ross all the time, and that's the spot, right? You got to dig and you find some gold. Uh, but Bro, I still get yeah. fly from from, from Hell Ross. Yeah, man, you know I mean? no, for sure. It's, but <laughs> so I was wearing this fly like brown striped shirt, um, and uh, lunchtime came, and the same dude. Uh, I remember I was walking by. He was sitting down in, in, in the quad, and uh, this was at Franklin High School. Um, and I remember him just kind of like uh, punching me uh, here on, on on my thigh like a yeah. Charlie. Yeah, you know, Charlie horse. And, um, and, uh, and I was like, what the hell? So I put my hand in his face and I shoved him. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Kind of like without even thinking, just kind of like that reaction. Like, like, bro, get away from me. Yeah. yeah. And, and then um, immediately he got up and pushed me. And the thing I forgot to mention was that in my hand, I was holding an horchata drink, man. It was <laughs> like uh, one of those days where they had a, a different foods. Yep. Um, and so I, uh, one of those rare days, where, rare days where I can get an horchata. Mm-hmm. And when he pushed me, I spilled that drink on that all new shirt. over my new shirt. Man. Oh, man. And then... Um, Boom. And then at that point, just, you know, kind of saw red and I yeah. swung and I, 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 you know, I got him in the chin yep. and then everybody was like, fight, fight, fight. And it was a big <laughs> circle and I was ready. I had my fists up, you know, yep. Yep. Uh, but of course, security came running down and um, the, then that, that was kind of it. Um, but I tell that story because that's not really where it ends, you know, and usually mm. it's not where it ends, especially when where I grew up, because there's just a, a, a cultura, culture of generational gangs, yep. you know, uh, and so. Um, uh, obviously we, we got suspended my teachers were like super disappointed parents were disappointed but um, you know uh, uh, the following week um, once we kind of, we were back in right um, mm-hmm. they uh, this was I, I played football and this was in the locker room um, kind of at the end of school right getting ready for practice and, and as I was changing um, just a, a group of, of people came up to me mm-hmm. um, and it was the same guy right that mm-hmm. I had a that we had that altercation with the same guy that was just kept bullying me. And yep. he said, it's like, Hey man, like, uh, you know, my brothers are in this and that gang. Hmm. Like, um, he, he didn't, he, he already knew he couldn't get you head up. So we brought right. homies with him. Yeah. So, you know, and at that point he was like, here's, here's what I'm, uh, you know, it's like, I can very easily call my brother and like, we, we, you know, we can take care of you, but I'm gonna give you this one chance. You let me deck you in the face, in the chin. Hmm. And, 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 and that's it. You know, yeah, and then some of my like football uh, uh, teammates were around too, and dude, it was just like a, uh, you know, I kind of looked around. They were like, dude, that's like the best offer you're gonna get, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and yeah. so that happened, man. That happened at at, at a, when I was, you know, uh, thirteen, fourteen, huh. and that's just kind of like the environment that you gotta. So when I say like, people are, are hustlers and hard workers, is because we're always surviving. Yeah, you know, we're always trying to just like. Um, just put in work and be the, the the best that we can do and, and fight even if we don't got to fight. You know, yep. always got to be ready yep. for those types of situations. Um, I noticed that was like this thing that you led with. So it must have been like, it's something that's like stuck in your brain. Yeah. How do, how do you think, how do you think that shapes how you think and perceive things now? Oh, definitely. Well, so um, then let's add the layer of, uh, you know, um, kind of being undocumented, which Word. for me, uh, and it's, it's very common as well, um, I didn't realize what it meant to be undocumented until my senior year. Mm-hmm. Right. So as soon as that kind of hit me and I, I came to the realization that, um, well, you know, so so that happened. And, and for me, I was like, you know, I, I to stay out of trouble here. It's so easy to, to get into trouble in L.A. I was like, stay off the streets a little bit. I'm going to f- keep my head in the books mm-hmm. in sports. Yep. Right. And so for that reason, um, it, it, it like I wasn't trying to apply for jobs. I wasn't like um, trying to get my driver's license. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't ask those questions of those things that I needed to get those things done. Right. I was just like, I'm just going to play football. Yeah. Let me I'm just keep my head right, down right. and grind. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. then the, when the senior came and the counselor was like, everybody can go to college. Everybody can, uh, you know, <laughs> you'll get financial aid. I was like, no, it sounds pretty good. Where do I apply? Um, and they're like, yep, you just need your social security. And I asked my mom and she was like, mm. she's like, yeah, just, Tell me you don't have one. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. And you know, I didn't think much of it either because like, okay, yeah, okay, that's what like, I tell them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and I told them, and they just had like the accounts that I just had like one of like the like it's like that face of disappointment, the face of yep. sadness, and the face of Probably like didn't know I'm, what to I'm do sorry. Yeah, yeah, like all in into one, right? Being yeah. like, um, you know, like if if you don't have one, you can't apply for financial aid. And so, you know, it was kind of that long pause. And anyway, yeah. Um, so so um that layer to me uh kind of um you know I, I i i tell that story of like that that part that happens now because um i could tell how that shifted over throughout my life and throughout up until i became a professional really hmm. about um the need to survive mm-hmm. right the need to be like yo i can very easily like I could have said, nah, like we're just gonna fight right here, nah, like you yeah. know, bring your brother and let's make that. And and who knows if if uh, I may have come out on top of that. Right? Yeah, yeah, you never um, know. Exactly. Never know. And so, uh, and 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 when I became undocumented, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I, I felt like I had another target on my back, and this was from hmm. the federal government. Yeah, <laughs> you after know? you did everything right, made all the right choices, and, now yep, it's and like, I'm like, oh crap! Like, now they decked you in the chin again in a different uh, again, way. Yep. Yeah, and then. Uh, um, and then, and then, same thing happened in college, right? Because you don't, as a first generation uh, person in college, you're just like, oh crap, like I don't belong here either. And all of a sudden, yeah. like, you know, you, you grow up in the public education system <laughs> and you think that you're ready for college, right? Because that's kind of everything that they sell you. And you get there and you get put in remedial courses, mm. and and you all of a sudden you feel like, damn, I'm not supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. You know? Did you feel like you were like top class, like at your high school? Um, I, I, I did just because I, I, I always felt like I, I worked as hard as I could. Right. Yeah. I, 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 the only competition to me was myself. And I was like, I got to put in the work in my academics. I got to put in the work in sports. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't mean that I was a valedictorian by no means I wasn't, I was yeah. like top 30. Um, but still should be enough. You did enough work. <clears throat> right, and you right, ranked right. high enough to where like you should have been able to go to college and better okay. Uh, definitely, and that was that was a whole mindset too, you know. Yeah. Um, and and so so when you get to college, which by the way was the only reason I got to college was like I was very very fortunate um, to get to receive a, a full ride scholarship to mm-hmm. Cal State LA by a group of uh, amazing individuals who wanted to see people like me succeed, and so they were giving out um, scholarships only for undocumented students. Mm-hmm. Um, to go to specifically Cal State uh, Los Angeles, where I went. Yep. Um, and um, I share that because I was one of two students who received that scholarship that year mm-hmm. out of over 100 applicants. Right? And we can be like, yeah, yeah, good job. No, but that also meant that there were like 98 plus kids yeah. who didn't yeah. get that opportunity. Yeah. You and know? I wonder what they did. Yeah. 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 And and, uh, and so I I didn't have the highest GPA. I had like a, a 3.4. But... um. Still solid. Still solid. Yeah, no, still solid. And, and you know, I pushed myself to take AP classes and stuff. I, I did what I could, given that I was also a student athlete. And, yeah. um, and and also that my parents weren't really around. They were working all the time. Mm-hmm. Very loving still, right? But yeah. always just kind of working. Um, uh, but I say that because I know for a fact that there were students who applied for that scholarship that had like four point plus GPAs, right? 4.0s, huh. 4.4s yeah. were like top 2% and yeah. they didn't get the scholarship, you know? What do you think they saw in you that they didn't see in them then? So that was the other part too is, um, so part of my application process too, and part of my, how 
my uh, mindset absolutely changed right when I realized, oh crap, like I thought I was like my friends. I thought we were all going to go to college, but now I, 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 I probably will not. Right. And yeah. so at that point I realized that um, all the history, all the things that have learned up to that point, weren't just textbook, right. We're in just <laughs> things that my <laughs> teachers were telling me to, to just, you know, read it read and, and 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 just discuss it was shit that was happening right now yeah and it was happening to me yeah. and that blew my mind i was like oh crap and so at that point i um i went through a very like dark dark uh you know kind of like depression phase at that point um but what really uh snapped me out of it was one that my college counselor was like dude i have no idea how to help you but we just got this scholarship application and at, at that point, it was like paper, right? So it's like, here's, yeah. here's this piece of paper. Back in the Stone uh, Ages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. Um, yeah, no. And, um, and, and so that, that, that was like, wow, this, this could be the one reason why I go to college. Yeah. And then at that point, one of the questions was like, tell us about your vision for the future. Hmm. You know, um, it was like a bunch of the S's, but that was one of the S's. And I was like, well, let me talk about like how at this point in my life, like what I want to do. Um, what I want my leadership to be and how I want to help change this mission, right? Yeah. And so it was all about that. It was about like people like uh, like me, people who just want a better life um, shouldn't have to uh, face that type of like um, essentially, you know, um, just punch to the chest, another punch <laughs> to the chin. Um, and it, it shouldn't be like that. And so I talked about, you know, becoming like this hotshot immigration lawyer. Yeah. Um, become, you know, being the, the mayor of L.A., mm. being, um, you know, this elected official who's going to pass immigration reform. <laughs> um, and here we are 21 years later and that just got taken away, you know, like. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Which yeah. is. And so so I, I that's what I spoke about. And I still fervently passionate about all that. And there's so many stories I can tell. My journey has taken so many different ways, but um, it was that type of like uh, uh, survival mode of me being like, dude, we're going to fight our way um, yeah. out of here. And yeah. so I think that's what made the difference between mm -hmm. those other students who were clearly academically superior in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think about that a lot too, man, because I got a scholarship. <clears throat> I'm obviously not undocumented, but... yeah. There's a lot of kids that had better grades than me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like, sometimes I just think back, like I sit down, I'm like, damn, like, what would have, what, what if like yeah. that didn't happen? Like, yeah. and I better go do something with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, what do I look like out here? Yeah. Um, just chilling yeah. when I know for a fact that there's those 98 kids that didn't get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a whole other, like, sense of responsibility mm -hmm. and like the work Wait. that we do. Wait, exactly. That yeah. I don't think you can understand unless you've experienced that. Oh yeah. In a real way. And, you know? and some people can falter. I'm not gonna lie, there were yeah. some um some other scholars, uh, you know, it was the Erica Glazer family scholarship at the time. And some of our scholars didn't make it because yeah. of all that weight. Yeah. You know, it's just it, it is super heavy. Or because they just weren't prepared well. Because As well, <laughs> that too. You, you know, know it's I mean? uh, yeah, college. It's, it's it's completely different. Specifically because all of us were first generation, and um, I don't know. It was just so interesting. You know, for me, it was part of my my story in 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 in, in creating my vision too for the future, my leadership, all that. The way I wanted to see society was. Uh, my environment growing up, right? And so when we moved to to from Bolivia to Los Angeles, like, you know, we grew up in a one-bedroom apartment. It was like all five of us in like, you know, uh -huh. one mattress. And like, 
without even a bed for him, right? It was just kind of on the floor. And, and then um, it was it was just crazy for me. Um, and of course, my parents, they were trying to hustle. They were trying to get on their feet. They were working all the time. And so I remember being in like, uh, you know, second, third grade. And and uh, I would be walking my my uh, brother from school, you know, yeah, because yeah. they weren't there. It was just like, you know, my parents were like, hey, like, please just like go straight home after school. You got to hold it down. Yeah. And so, um, and obviously a few years later, we finally made, uh, upgraded to a two bedroom apartment, right? Yeah. So uh, where I shared my bedroom uh, with my brothers and we, we shared that bedroom up until I, I finally got to college and was able to move out. Yeah. Um, but, um, but so, so that was part of that leadership, right? Because it's like, you, you know what life uh, can be like. And that was a level of, I think for us, uh, of poverty that many undocumented students face, but that's also like, not the the deepest level of poverty you know yeah. I, I i tell this to to a lot of people i feel like in the u.s we have a, a kind of like a universal idea of what we think poverty is like yep. when in reality we have no idea hmm. you know spe- specifically when we come from other countries and mm-hmm. you really see what you know like there are uh you know there are and and it's still here in the u.s but we they're for whatever reason we choose not to see them right there's Mm-hmm. There's kids who um, like we could we were very, very thankful that we could get at least some meals from home. My parents were able to provide that. Yeah. Well, there are kids here who rely on the school system. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember when I was uh, in high school and it was one day it was like cold as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like super cold Yeah. to the point where like all the other districts were closing down yeah. um, and for whatever reason. Lincoln stayed open. I remember being pissed. And this like shows like how bougie uh-huh. I was, I guess. But like, I remember being mad as hell. And then um, at like lunchtime, I was talking to one of the security guards and I was like, why is it, why are we open? But like Cherry Creek and all the white kids get to stay at home. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like that was my uh, 14, 15 year old brain. Yeah. And that's when he told me that. He was like, look bro, like this might be the place where kids get heat yeah. or a meal. Mm-hmm. At least two, right? Yep, Breakfast yep. and lunch. And I, I remember having to sit back and be like, damn, there's levels to this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like. Definitely. Um, and when you come from those levels too, and if you're able to be in a very privileged, almost very lucky position to yep. lead, right? To resolve those issues. You're like, yep, this is why we have to do this. And, exactly. Um, and yeah, for me, it was, it was, it, it was really that that launched um, my, my push. And I, and I played football. I played, um, man, I, yeah, dude, like football taught me so much about um, discipline and how you yeah. have to endure, uh, uh, you know, like, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I was like super chubby, like coming into ninth grade uh-huh. and like football, like I felt was going to kill me, dude. The workouts, <laughs> you know, I was like, those, two, those first two days, boy, oh my goodness, <laughs> man, I remember those one we had just finished, uh, like doing some like hundred yard frog jumps and I fell to 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 my knees and palms. <laughs> um, and it was like one of those ugly, uh, patches that didn't have any grass. So then I yeah. realized that I had like kind of scraped my palms all of a sudden. I looked at my palms and I was like, this is the last year I'm playing football. I'm <laughs> done. I am so done. But I say that because, um, that's really, um, you know, when you go through like situations like that, where you think like my, I cannot do this, my mm-hmm. body cannot do this. 
But then you realize you get in a position where your mind is like, dude, you can absolutely do this. Yeah. And you can do this for multiple years. Like, yeah. and you're only going to get stronger and all this is going to become super easy. Mm-hmm. Once you've experienced that, like when like something has broken you and you rebuilt yourself up back, like. You're you not know, really afraid anymore. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you said something interesting is you, you said that like you had this experience yeah. and then in your brain, you said, this is the last year I'm playing football. Yeah. Not many people have that thought, bro. Like a lot of people would be like, I'm done, fam. Like, let, me, <laughs> let me go home today. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think that speaks to, yeah. I don't know, the way you're wired, I guess. No, no, it's true. Uh, uh, and definitely. So I think uh, for me, it was uh, part of it is also of like that survival mode, right? I was like, okay, I'm super lucky to get to college. Yeah. Um, and in college, I got very, very involved in, in, in politics, local organizing, in California at the time, we were trying to pass the California Dream Act, which which is Colorado's CASFA, which was just passed last year, which provides state financial aid for undocumented students. Massive Word. gain, right? Like super incredible. But at that time, that was that was the fight, and we we're also like fighting some like racist politicians at the time. And um, but I'll, I also, for me, understood I was coming from this philosophy of like, dude, if we want to make change, it needs to come from within. It needs to come from the community. Yep. So not only was I in college organizing in the city, but I also ran for election to be a neighborhood a council member. Really? Yeah, for Highland Park. And that was a trip because we, it was me and my, my, my really close friend, Eric, and we ran to be uh, on that so we can gain the student voice, the youth yep. voice in the council so that we can actually take some funds to the to the youth, yep. you know, the people who came from our communities, not just- How did you even know to run for something like that? I feel like I didn't yeah. learn about that kind of stuff until like recently, like low yeah. key. Like how'd you, how'd that even come across the table where you're like, yo, no, it was very, I'm pursue. I mean, it goes back to um, to my teachers, <laughs> yep. to education, right? I, I, I remember being in, a, in my civics course, uh, my last year in high school that fall as well, and we had, uh, or maybe it may have been second. Anyway, so um, they invited um, a uh, political organizer. Somebody was working for a nonprofit that did political work yeah. and yeah. was also doing their masters at USC at the time. Yeah. And and they invited them because they wanted them to share what work they do. Right. We're in a civics course. We're learning about how politics works. And and they mentioned it's like, hey, by the way, I'm not just here telling you like what someone like me does, but. Um, you have an opportunity huh. to change your community today, this year, if you wanted to. And you can do it through this neighborhood council for Highland Park. And, yep. um, and, and that was the little idea, the spark, the opportunity. It was like, you know, I look, my, so my, my homie and I were very, very passionate about like mm. just changing the way society was for us uh, in, the, in our neighborhood. Yep. And so when we realized that they could, they, the city council gave our, our neighborhood councils $50,000 where that, group you know hmm. chose where to put those fifty thousand. we're like we gotta get in there you know yeah. we gotta get her voice and we ran this little campaign i remember man it was silly as hell but uh we um we we're like we're gonna change the world you know we're gonna be revolutionaries everybody after school gather here at the quad and we're gonna walk <laughs> to the Word. polls to vote it was like yep. that, that voting time and uh, um dude it was it was just yeah it was silly um, did people show up uh, a handful, <laughs> a handful. Yeah, no, our, our hey, that's, really close that's, we that's went, more know. than what would have otherwise been yeah. done. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I, remember I had it in my mind that it was gonna be like hundreds of students, all of Frank, yeah. and like you know, all two thousand <laughs> students walking down to the rec center and like showing up in force. And but you're right, it, it doesn't really take that many people. Uh, we were hmm. eventually. Um, it, it was funny because even after all that, the president who got who did get elected uh, for the council said. Um, 
hey, so sorry, but your elections didn't count. But we're going to appoint you anyway because you still got votes. <laughs> so that's crazy. They just appointed us uh, to, be, to be uh, to be part of it. Yeah. Um, and, and so so that happened. And, and for me, it was like um, I got this opportunity to go to college. Whatever I learned in college, I want to bring it back to my neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was there for two years and we did some really cool things. Put on some really cool panels, educated students and parents why it's so important to go to college. Right. Uh, but ultimately, after two years, um, I was so involved in my college politics uh, as well that I was like, I was running for student government. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I think I'm going to focus all my energy here on my campus now. Yeah. I also happened to get a, another big scholarship that allowed me to live on campus, mm-hmm. which was at that time for me um, like, an, like an absolute blessing, right? The yeah. ability to like, you know, grow up and from our two bedroom apartment that we were at and that my parents are still at to this day um, and to leave that space and to live on campus and have mm-hmm. that experience was, you know, I, I just didn't know very other many undocumented students who got that opportunity. So I yeah. knew that once I was in that campus, I was like, I got to give my on. So, you know, did, did uh, politics, uh, student government um, eventually became a student body president. And we got some really cool things done. It's amazing uh, what those positions do. And, and I, I, I never take it for granted. Those folks huh. who come into those positions really do have that power. Hmm. Um, a lot of folks don't see it. It's, it's kind of what, what, what uh, at least at that college level, don't see it. But I remember having the opportunity to have meetings with the university president. Yeah. You know, and with the you know, we had gotten a new university president. And I remember telling them, um, uh, uh, hey, like, I'm here because of a, a scholarship, mm-hmm. you know, but that I'm just one student. Like, the impact can be greater if we have a Dreamers Resource Center mm-hmm. here in this school, like an entire office dedicated for students like me. And uh, and it, this, this was me talking to the president, right? Yeah. This was an effort by uh, our undocumented student club over there. It was called Sudhe, um, as well. But, like, having that conversation... Later on that year, they announced like, "Hey, we're gonna have a Dreamers Resource Center." That's crazy. We found the fund there. That's which crazy. Is, yeah, and and so so yeah, that <laughs> that's there to this day. Um, that's a legacy, man. Yeah, no, um, the, there's some really amazing people at that university. You know, I came in as a freshman, not knowing any undocumented students, and but in that same club, there were juniors and seniors yep. who had worked two or three jobs to pay off the university, their college. Yeah. And they were there. And so they were the people that I was like, oh, crap, I'm here. I don't have to work two, three jobs. Yep. Um, so let me go ahead and just. I got to get on my grades. Get, yep, yeah. yep, get on my grind. Get on those leadership positions. But that, that's interesting, though, bro. Like, I remember my perspective on, like, student government. I mean, my situation was different because I mm-hmm. had my son and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But, like, I always, like, looked at it. And I'm like, man, that's just a bunch of people, like, moving, trying to gain whatever, like, yeah. the. And if I could go back and do it again, I probably would do something like that. You know what I mean? Um, but like, you're like, yo, I had this conversation with this person and then they were able to like make it pop. And yeah. I, I hear often, like as I'm building what I'm trying to build, like when we're trying to recruit, when we're talking to people and we're like very intentionally going after people who wouldn't otherwise be involved in these types of mm-hmm. you know conversations. And what I, what I hear initially is like, man, what am I going to go do just talking? Yeah. Right. Like we were raised like, right. yo, bro, like you're just talking. That ain't going <laughs> to do nothing. Right. We're like, go get some calluses on your hands or some shit. Right. Yeah. And uh, 
you had one conversation yeah. that ended up creating the domino effect that ultimately led to something that you wish you would have had. Yeah. And it's like so much of everything is just like being able to show up and like just say what's real. Yeah. And it's amazing yeah. when you see, and then once you do see that that voice makes a difference, now mm-hmm. you're on it. You know what I'm saying? But like, definitely. Yeah. They need to put your damn name on that building. <laughs> no. So what's actually funny is the same um, group of folks who funded my uh, scholarship. And the ended people. up funding that same center. They, yeah. they, they, instead of funding the scholarship, they were like, we're just going to fund this entire center. That's cool. So, um, so yeah, it, it was just kind of funny how those conversations really expanded. And, yep. um, and I, I had my hesitations. Don't get me wrong. Right. I was like, dude, but, like this, I may just be like, you know, talking to myself. Yeah. That's what know? it feels like a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, regardless, I, I still felt like I had to voice um what all my friends wish wish you know was available on our yeah. campus Spe- specifically a campus in la right that has so much history and roots behind supporting uh people of color uh also a, a state that was extremely racist right like yeah. we had donald trump uh a version of donald trump before donald trump came up right in huh. the 90s where they tried to ban undocumented students from accessing public education in general huh. and they were elected and that happened but because of that California completely like flipped be- because of that type of racism, you know, yeah. that came to power explicitly. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so yeah, so it, would ju- it just made sense. And obviously a lot of things aligned. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so, so, so that happened, man. And, you know, um, so tons of like experiences for me to be like, no, we got to make this change, but not going to lie. Po- uh, politics is very toxic. Hell yeah. It's so toxic, man. Yeah, man. It's so toxic. So I graduated in five years. And at the end of like my five years, I was like, dude, I'm done. Huh. Like I, at that point, I realized like I don't want to go to law school anymore because if I have to deal with this like politics and like. So a lot, a lot of people say politics is toxic. In what ways? How does that manifest? Oh, uh, When you're in it, man, it's just you. Um, here's the positives of being in politics. Like you grow thick skin, very, yeah. very thick skin. Yeah. You know? Um, but regardless, you know, that, that's, that's your, your, your physical part of your body, your mental, like, dude, it's, um, when you're in the work, when you're running campaigns, mm-hmm. you know, when, um, when it feels like the majority of people like don't trust you or by association, you're, mm-hmm. uh, demonized. Yeah. Um, and then when you're trying to push policies, the, sometimes the time isn't ready and it just kind of all falls and, uh, but more than anything, just seeing relationships kind of like falter and hmm. uh and there's just a lot of backstabbing in, mm. in, in political campaigns and that's something that you know if you're not in it you don't really see it but it's just do you feel like it's nasty i've been thinking about this a lot like do you feel like uh it's a it's innate like does it mm. have to be that way oh man so i came from the point that no it doesn't have to be that way so when it happened to me when i felt like i was in that position i was like what is going on? And I realized that um, it's just, you know, people will, will do anything to win. Huh. People are just so power hungry. And for me, I wasn't doing it because I wanted the power. Yeah, I was doing it because I really wanted to make a change in the difference. Right? And yeah. I think there is a distinction. Yeah, there is. Yeah. You know, yeah. like uh, you, you can be a, a, an elected board member. You can be a president of an organization. Um, and you can be as fervently passionate um, just being the constituent. Huh. Being the, you know, just an active member, being a volunteer, being some part of the community. Um, but and, and, and sometimes still have like uh, equal power in that sense. Right. But 
um, yeah, so I think there was a distinction of, of me trying to make a real positive difference um, in my community, my college campus, you know, um, yeah. uh, and, 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 and there was other folks that were just like, no, we just got to get this power. We got to get this on, the, on our. It's always interesting know. to me where people want power for power's sake. Yeah. That shit don't make no sense because of it puts a target on your back. Like, why would you want that for the sake of having it? You know what yeah. I mean? Um, when yeah, there's really no real end goal outside of you just saying that you have this position or this title. And I realized like how much of that impacts literally everything, bro. Like if you look at like, you know, education politics and DPS, I got slapped (laughs) in the face with education politics and DPS, bro. Like it's crazy. Um, Like how do we start to bring, how do we start to reward people that want to actually make a difference Mm -hmm. Um, rather than maybe the shiny policy sheet or, the nice t- suit and tie. You feel what I'm right, saying? Like, right, right. Yeah. like, how do we see past the bullshit? Because there's a lot of bullshit out there, man. It's oh crazy. no, yeah, there, there is, and um, and and I'm coming from a perspective of like, you know, as the student body president at that time, I we had a 1.2 million uh, kind of like budget that yep. we work with, and and it was an amazing experience in that sense. But that doesn't even come, and the politics is always yeah, it's it's fine. It's college, university, you're yeah. Learning. But also, like, that doesn't compare to, like, you know, DPS, like, school district policy. Yes. I think that's an even greater layer. Um, but for me, you know, in kind of, like, um, addressing the question that you're, you're, you're talking about is I chose not to go into, like, elected office. I chose not to take the lawyer route to yeah. get access to become a, an elected official. I said, this is just, like, really, like, a dark space for me in my in my head. Yeah. But I still want to make a change. So instead, I'm going to go into the social trenches of the classroom, the, the, the trenches of social change, right? Which I, in my head is the classroom, is the schools. Yeah. Um, and so I made kind of like that big uh, transition and be like, you know, I am uh, I'm going to go into education. That's yeah. where I want to be because I want to work with the generation. I want to make sure that there's, you know, not only short term, but long term, like positive change in our communities. And yeah. uh, I tell the funny story there because that's actually... What got me to Colorado? Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the first time we met, I was an admission counselor mm-hmm. going to recruit yeah. kids. And you were at my school. And anybody yeah. anybody that's working at Lincoln, I'm like, yo, what's up? Who are yeah. you? You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. <laughs> and you, you, you pulled up. You're like, yo, what's up, man? Like, And you just kind of gave me the real. And like, yeah. I hope you know, I don't, I don't think I ever told you this, but like I left there. My DSF advisor at Lincoln is the whole reason why I was able to even get to school. Like I got mm. that full ride scholarship and almost lost it. Cause I didn't know how to do the fucking paperwork. Yeah, yeah, you dude. feel what I'm saying? Insane. So, yeah. you know, she sat with me and my mom and my dad and that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day, but like sure. made sure we got what we needed to get in, in. Yes. And that was like a sanctuary for me. And so after I met you. It is, yeah. Um, I walked out of there feeling okay, knowing that like you were in that role and that you were the one cultivating that sanctuary for people. So I want you to know yeah. that just through conversation. Like we didn't yeah, have man. any like, just cause you know what's real, what's real, you know what That's I'm saying? That's for real, man. No, I yeah. appreciate that. But, but yeah, that, that was, um, I think we met in like 2018, maybe? Late, it was probably or, like 2017 or something like that, yeah. So yeah, man, it was, um, the story about how I got here and how I ended up at Abraham Lincoln High School. And then my heart, uh, part of my heart is, will always be um, in that school, man. Yep. Um, but is is uh, 
So um, I did Teach for America. And in Teach for America at the time, it was the second year um, and, the se- and kind of like the first organization that was like, hey, we're going to help get undocumented professionals from hmm. the classrooms. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and, and obviously, uh, you know, however you feel about Teach for America, I know there's like usually a pretty yeah. fervent debate about that. Um, for me, it was just looking at their, what they were trying to do, right? Their vision yeah. and aligned with me. I'm like, dude, I, I want to come, I, I want to help the students that came from similar backgrounds. Yeah. And, um, and they also told me, it's like, hey, like, you know, we can help you uh, get there without you having to uh, restart your undergraduate career, essentially trying to yeah. get my, you know, a, a second major in yeah. education. I graduated with a, a pre-law and uh, English a literature major. And so, um, and so anyway, I did the application. I was pretty excited. Uh, and, and in that, at the time, they, they would ask you, like, pick the 10 regions where you would like to teach. Yeah. Um, for for undocumented students, it was actually just five regions because of like politics, yeah. and they wanted to kind of keep it to like safer yeah. states, you know. Yeah. So I had five options, um, five regions, I should say, and each region had multiple, right, like sub uh, yeah. sub regions. Um, and 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 it tells you right there up front in bold letters, be like, hey, like you think of your first choice as your dream choice. Mm-hmm. Like most people are not going to get that choice, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, well. Um, I always consider myself like a, 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 you know, like an urban hippie. You know, I yeah. love the concrete jungle, but I love green. I, I, I love hiking. I love being away from, yeah. you know, the, the the big city if I can. And so, um, so I was like, one of the five regions happened to be Colorado. Huh. You know, and I was like, okay, Colorado, number one. And then. Did you know anything about Colorado? I, like, did, I knew that it was just, I heard it was beautiful. It was yeah. like very like Mountie and, and that Denver was a solid place. And yeah. um, and so then my uh, two to 10 was um, everything in like the LA community, LA yeah. region. LA, LA is huge, right? So it's yeah. like California, a bunch of different places. I was like, no, I, for me, I was like, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. Because um, you assumed you weren't going to get it. Exactly. Because yeah. I assumed that I was not yeah. going to go to Colorado. And um and next thing you know, they're like, hey, Colorado wants you. Yep. That's that's where you're going. Do you accept? Yes or no? Yep. You know, and, and they told me, it's like, oh, you're going to go to Colorado Springs. Um, and I looked at the map. I was like, oh, it doesn't look too far uh, <laughs> from Denver. I think it'll yeah. be probably like a, you know, 20, 30 minute drive. So nope. It should be chill. <laughs> um, and then I landed in Colorado Springs. And, you know, that was the definition of culture shock for me. Yeah, man. Colorado Springs <laughs> is different. Yeah. We um, lived in Colorado Springs for about a year. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Right after college. And oh, uh, we lived right next to like the army base over there. Oh, yeah. And it was funny because like, you know, I got my fade or whatever. Yeah. And so like everywhere you walked in, they assumed you were in the military. Oh, yeah, yep, and then yep. when I told them I wasn't in the military, they looked at me like, well, then what the hell are you doing here? Like, oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's a military town. It's a military yeah. town for yeah. sure. So it's like. And you're a big dude. So they're like, oh, these guys in the military. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. but it's a different, it's a different culture for sure. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and, and it was because, um. You know, um, and, 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 and so I was in Colorado Springs for three years. Yep. I worked at Harrison High School. Um, and and it was that any first year uh, as a teacher is difficult. It's it's hard. It's a blur for sure. Yep. Uh, but mine was particularly hard because it was for the first time I wasn't in a space where I saw others like me. Yeah. You know, and as a professional navigating that space was crazy. But anyway, so I was there for three years. I, I loved my students, man. Colorado mm-hmm. Springs, like kiddos in Southeast Colorado Springs. I was at Harrison High School. Mm-hmm. Just amazing, amazing communities. Um, 
students, a lot of immigrant students, man. I think the yeah. population was like 50%, um, at least 50%, you know, Latino, Latina, Latinx. And then it was like, uh, like what was it? Um, like 20% white, like maybe like 10, 15% black, and then yeah. like, uh, then Asian and then like other, right? Um, yeah. And so it was pretty like diverse, to be honest, in, yeah. in that sense, at least more diverse than the high school I went to in, in California. And, um, but even then the students, there was so many students that, that, um, came out to me and disclosed to me freely that they were undocumented, mm. you know? And, and the things we did at that school was pretty amazing, man, to like, for me at that point, right, we're kind of going back to your question of like, you know, how do we, how do we, uh, uh, how do we do this in, in, in these communities outside of those, those leadership spaces, right? Because yeah. I chose to not be a public elected official. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I want to yeah. be in the classroom with the youth. And so we were able to, um, obviously, uh, uh, for me, it was super passionate about ensuring that our immigrant students were able to read, write, analyze, you know, uh, communicate effectively, right? I was an English teacher. I was also yeah. an avid teacher. As an avid teacher, my curriculum was to give the students the the habits and the skills to be successful. In you're, you're the one yelling at them for not writing in their plan. <laughs> that was you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used man, to hate that was, stuff. Uh, yeah, man. Was, I wish I would have listened, but I used to hate it back in the day. Yeah, no, and... Uh, uh, there, there's a lot of debate on Cornell notes too. It's, um, I'm, I'm a big notes. fan, dude. I'm a I'm a big fan, but <laughs> there's a debate, and, and so that was me. I was yelling like, "Let me see your Cornell." Yeah, you know, like, but um, you know, and but I was doing this for our immigrant students, students who yeah, like, for sure. Prior to coming to the U.S., they had never had access to a laptop. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so like, it was an extra like layer of like, I wasn't just there, and I couldn't just put up any assignment. The kids would have done it. No, they were just like. You know, the yeah. lesson that I had needed to have like three, four lessons prior to that to yep. get to that, yep. you know, the what, what the district wanted us to get to, for example. Yeah. Um, but outside of the classroom, too, it was just about giving the students um, agency, man. And so I remember we started the Dreamers Club because there, there there wasn't one and it was just a, a, a space open to everybody, but really to support uh, and welcome undocumented immigrants. And we ended up having uh, an event that we called Stepping Out of the Shadows where the students were showed the most courage that I had ever seen at that point mm. and telling their stories about coming mm -hmm. to the U.S. and what it's been like for them. And and so I had a um, handful, handful of kids do it. And, and we invited the, the district superintendent. We invited mm -hmm. school board members. Uh, and I asked the principal, like, hey, can we invite the entire school to come here? Mm. And, listen to, and all of a sudden, man, we had the auditorium, auditorium packed. Yeah, and we had my, you know, here my my students here who are usually pretty shy, right? They're not, they're yeah. new to this country. Like, oh crap, I gotta speak in front of them. Yeah, <laughs> and they did, you know, and they did, and and, and that's um, man, it was just it was so powerful um, that uh, yeah, man, like to this day, it's uh, stepping out of the shadow still happens at that school because Another I carried legacy. that. Yeah, carried that. That's crazy. Yeah. So you you build things, man, and you you build things that help people find voice in a real way. What are you Friday. doing now? Because I'm really excited about it. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, all of those experiences, like you mentioned, it was just creating things, right? Creating yeah. things that hadn't been created before and just giving uh, that space and you know, trying, to, trying to create a framework of like equity in those spaces, right? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so, so, uh, so, so now I, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own 
um, organization. We just got a nonprofit status. Hell yeah. So super excited about that. That's um, a process, boy. We're it's still a in the process, middle of it. Yeah. yeah, no, several grueling months in the making yep. just for that nonprofit status. But um, so, so yeah, so I'm the founder of Juntos to College. Juntos means together. Yep. Um, and we're uh, an organization that uh, wants to build the biggest pipeline for undocumented youth and DACA mm. recipients to access upward mobility. Mm. You know, um, and and for us, when when I say uh, building upward mobility, it means that our students have the access to um, you know careers and jobs that provide a living wage. Yep. Right. Uh, and we know this is important because if they have a living wage, that's really what's going to allow them to transform their communities, no matter Absolutely. where they're at. Yeah. You know, and yep. so 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 that's where I'm at right now. And um, it's been a, a grueling, crazy process. I officially went um, kind of a, a full time in April. Big time. Um, and, and that was the biggest, uh, toughest decision in my professional life at that point, because that meant that I had to uh, leave um, uh, Abraham Lincoln High School, yep. you know, and start my own thing. Um, Stability, yeah, yeah stability, had, had and certainty. stability and certainty. And of course, the first person I had to talk to was my partner. Right? She, yep. if she wasn't on board, it was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But she's just been someone who's been extremely, extremely supportive, and I cannot say enough about her in that sense. But yeah, so that's that's kind of what I'm up to now, man. On the undocumented entrepreneurs, it's been crazy. That's some fly stuff, man. So tell me a little bit more about how Juntos does achieves that vision. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, so. Um, uh, to get to our vision, right, is our mission. And so for us to build that that pipeline. Yep. Um, and so the way we're doing that is to uh, two uh, programmings, one for students and yep. one for uh, professionals. Yep. Um, and our student programming just took a shot, actually, because mm. as of today, I don't know when this is going to be released, but um, yesterday there was a, a, a ruling by a judge in Texas that uh, first-time DACA applicants can no longer... Um, uh, submit applications. Um, now, does that does that impact the whole country? Like, I didn't really understand what that meant. I mean, when no, I saw that. immigration is super complex, and and, yeah. and there's a lot of people that still don't understand. And yeah. and, and it's fair because they purposely make it complex. Yeah. Um, but essentially, what that means is that um, just for for people who are trying to apply for the first time, yeah, their their application is not going to get looked at anymore. Um, and and so that's put on hold, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what happened during the Trump administration as well. So mm-hmm. no one knew could apply for DACA for three years um, up until recently, November of 2020. And I guess up until um, here, July, there, that window was open and now it's stopped again. But um, for the those who do have DACA and who are still trying to renew their work permit, it's a two-year work permit, they yep. still can. Okay. So just new so just applicants. Stop. I don't. I didn't understand. Like it was one judge in Texas, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. all it takes is one judge in one <laughs> state to like fuck everything power. up. They have lots of power, and um, you know, I'm not gonna pretend that, that I know. I'm an expert in, in like how they decide and come to the decision, how it automatically stops programs. But that's where we're at right now. Same thing happened in November when a judge was like. Trump's, um, uh, the way Trump stopped DACA was unconstitutional. Yeah. So DACA's back. And now here we have another ju- other judge saying, actually it was constitutional um, how Trump did that. So now we're, gonna, we're back to where we were, you know. It's, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's, like it's a, a consistent cycle. fight. Yeah. 
it's it, yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous because obviously those who, people who are making those decisions have no idea like what we're going through. Yeah, man, and that's one of those things that I get frustrated about. And this might be a controversial thing I say on this podcast, but like, I just heard like there was this like sentiment of like, yo, if we just get Biden elected, everything's gonna be cool. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, nah, bro. Like, there's so much more to it. Yeah. Um that we got to be paying attention all the time. Cause like, mm-hmm. cause some could pop off and like yeah. the people you think have all the power don't really have all the power. Like it. Absolutely. We, yeah. We can't just have. be chilling. No. And and so that's the, another reason why I really wanted to, to start Juntos to College too, is because, um, you know, being in the political space and the organizing space and then seeing all these amazing or- organizations try to defend our community during the Trump years. Yeah. Um, for me, it was like, dude, I, I, I really don't want our community to always be on the defensive side. Of yeah, yeah. Like, we need to be on the offense. We need to attack, and we need to take care of our community. And so, um, and so, what that means for juntos is that we really want to give uh, students the autonomy and agency to determine their lives for themselves. Yeah. You know, and so, um, so when I said our, our programming took a shot, so a part of our student programming is that we we give um, uh, students a legal team and the mm. resources to submit a successful doc application, right? We pay mm. for their fees to the government. We give them the attorney and paralegal yeah. to review. That way it's not a barrier, right? Money isn't a barrier. Yeah. Uh, the expensive lawyers aren't a barrier. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, you know, we have to figure out how we're going to reallocate, transform, adapt, and we will. Yeah. No doubt we will. But the other part of our, of our programming was our upward mobility team. You know, our, our equipo de éxito. And, and really, those are our coaches, experts who support our undocumented students, whether they're eligible for DACA or not, mm-hmm. whether they're DACA or, or you know, recent immigrants. Um, we support them in whatever they want to do after high school mm. uh, with the very hands-on technical stuff. So whether it's going on to college, mm-hmm. whether it's starting their own business, their own side hustle to earn income legally, mm-hmm. or whether it's entering the workforce. Um, you know, and, and preparing for that process uh, as a first time, uh, you know, kind of like a DACA applicant. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're coaching them on. In addition to that, though, we're so intentional about creating that pipeline that we also educate our students about what it means to become a homeowner, how to build credit. Love it. Right. Because once um, the students have a crystal clear picture about what's at stake in the very near future. Yeah. Like, you know, um, they're just going to go. Uh, they're going to be on stride, right? To yep. achieving their dreams, changing their lives. Obviously, DACA was a big component of that. But right now, we're, we're going to adjust. Um, yep. And so, so yeah. So, when I tell students, like, and I was like, hey, like, undocumented students haven't only survived, but we've thrived here. Yep. There have been so many families who have built really successful businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and they've done it legally. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they've had legal entities that that were part, that was the business. Yep. And they just pay themselves as part of like being the owner and stuff like that. Yeah. Once they hear that and they realize like, oh, crap, here in Colorado, they can do that. Dude, that power of education, as we know, is just incredible. Yep. That inspires so much hope uh, and it gives the students. Uh, it, it allows them to connect why people are telling them it's like, hey, you want to start a business, but you need to build that skill first. Yeah. You can go to a trade school, community college for university to build that skill and then start your business. And all it, of a sudden, it makes boom. It, it makes it tangible, bro. Yep. Like, I, I remember I was in this, uh, I was starting to take, like, I'm a, I went to business school. So mm-hmm. like, I, I was I was taking this like, uh, like logistics operations class. Yeah. Hated that shit. Yeah. Like it was That's not my, stuff. yeah, yeah. 
to none. And so like about two weeks in, I was like, man, I don't, you know, and I dropped yeah. the course. Mm-hmm. Fast forward that next summer, I ended up taking this job, this internship, this uh, executive team leader internship mm-hmm. at uh, Target. Yeah. Was never work at Target again. Target was, <laughs> they were good to me. I just, I'm not built for sure, that life. Sure, you know sure. what I'm saying? And uh, where I had to actually do it. And, you know, this was a class I had to take. So I yeah. took it the next quarter. And like, after I saw how it happened in the real world, made it so much easier for me to take that class that I just zoomed through it. Not because I didn't have the mental capacity, but I didn't have anything to like connect it to or to see how it actually translates down the road. And I I don't think that's a unique thing. You feel me? Like once you allow people to see that there's a destination that's possible where they're going, it's a lot easier for them to take that left turn when someone's trying to give them advice. because otherwise you just feel like you're just leading me in circles. You right. know what I'm saying? So that's mad. That's super dope. Yeah, that's man. super dope. No, and and, and uh, yeah, I know it's it's uh, it's it's all part of a uh, of just um, you know. So, so for me, it was like realizing that I, and I'm not saying this is going to be the my 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 stance on this for the rest of my life, right? Because yeah. things always change and they yeah. need to change. But the reason why I didn't want to be in that public spotlight leadership anymore is because I knew that. The majority of our students have zero control in the politics of this country. Hmm. I have zero control of the politics. Like, I, uh-huh. I can't vote. <laughs> yeah. As educated as I may be, as many degrees as I, I want to get, I can't vote. And huh. there, are some, there are, you know, um, 13 million undocumented immigrants in that position. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I, I, we need to give our students, our youth, uh, here this next generation of undocumented students yep. that hope, but not just like words, right? Yeah, the tools. actual skills and tools and resources and networks that they can make it, um, that they can get the lives that whatever lives they want to have, that there yep. are going to be people here that can support them in that, you yep. know, regardless of what the elected officials um, are arguing about, decide to do, because they just don't understand where we come from. Yeah. The work still continues. The work still continues, man. I heard the dopest thing. One of my mentors um, who works at the district and I was, you know, we're working on the financial literacy Mm -hmm. and the cultural competency and all that. And uh, I was like, yo, like school board elections are coming up. Like a new superintendent is coming in. Like, is that going to change the whole dynamic? Like, I'm nervous about this, you know? And he was like, yo, fam, like, regardless of who's on the school board and regardless of who the superintendent is, the work has to continue. Yeah. Like, like we know kids need this, so we're going to continue to get the grind. Now, the how might look a little bit different sometimes, but yeah, like, it's true. But like, just because the person in power or in charge or who holds mm-hmm. that seat, regard, like, regardless of what your yeah. opinion is on them, and I don't even really have an opinion on it yet, but like, none of that changes the fact that like people are still struggling today and we need to help them. Absolutely. You feel what I'm saying? And that, that was some powerful shit for me because it, it made me realize how lucky we are to have you. You know what I'm saying? And like people that are just like, yo, we're just going to, we got to continue yeah. to grind. Like we control what we can. And yep. you know what I mean? It is what it is over there, but we're going to keep on. Oh, absolutely. Keep on building. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, so th- that, that also reminds me of, um, uh, you know, we're, yeah, no matter who comes in, like, you know, um, or that other perspective of like, we can't really expect for like our savior to come regardless. Exactly. Like, wherever it may be. Um, we, we definitely gotta gotta do what what we can. And for me, it's controlling what we can control, you know. Yep. And so, you know, the other the 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 last thing I was gonna mention about Juntos to College is is what we do for our professionals, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Because 
Um, you know, when I was working at, at Harrison, when I was working at Lincoln High School, mm-hmm. I would get consistent emails and calls from other counselors and teachers across the district and, and state about like, hey, I have this undocumented student, this family. Um, what can I do to help them? Or can you talk to them? You know, mm-hmm. Many times I was more than happy to, to kind of support them. But yeah. obviously, I'm only one person. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, you know, so, so what? We, so because of that, what what I do is that there are educators who want to help our undocumented students, yeah. but they just don't know how. So our professional development um, extends our our funds of knowledge, our tools and resources, so mm-hmm. so we can really support our undocumented students through alternative yeah. post secondary pathways. Yeah. Because right? counselors are usually pretty good at college and financial aid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But getting the whole picture to the students about like earning income legally, about uh, I-10s, right? Having the ability to to have a tax identification number to not only do your taxes, but to also use that to register a business. Yeah. Um, and, and, and of course, to really just relay the fact that they can thrive here. Mm-hmm. It all connects back to college. And um, so that's what we do, man, for them. There's been some really cool educators just being like, yo, we need that. Let's get that. And, and then once you do that, hopefully you'll hit like a tipping point where it'll be able to scale at a rate that like nobody would have to go call you. Right, exactly. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, so we're, we're trying to definitely build that um, that level of uh, expertise uh, with our educators. Um, but it's it's all because- That seems like it should just be built in. Like if you want to teach <laughs> in DPS, you should like go through this program. Yeah, that dude, I mean, I agree 110%. You know, I have to try to make that happen, man. Well, so that's part of building the the pipeline, right, for uh, yeah. to upward mobility because it can't just be um, us working when directly with our students. That's important for sure. But it's also every other professional out there exactly. who works or hires or employs undocumented students or DACA recipients. Yeah, we want to yeah. give them the tools to do that. So um, even our DACA recipients don't lose their positions or don't lose or don't get uh, just laid off because. Yeah. The, the HR doesn't understand that it's the federal government's fault for not having their work permit ready, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So. I was thinking about this the other day. I got a homie that's an entrepreneur and does uh, food distribution, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And they're dealing with all the, like, bruh. Like, they tell me, like, the, the, the nuances and the complexity of, like, just helping to feed people. Like, yeah. if you want to help feed a human, the amount of paperwork uh, that's involved in it. And I'm just like, yo, like tape. how many people, how many people's lives have been like fundamentally altered because like the right form wasn't turned in. Yeah. You oh, feel yeah. what I'm saying? And I think there's two ways to look at that. There's one way of, yo, let's help people understand how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one of like, how do you fundamentally restructure this design? That's not, it's not so complex. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, yeah. And there's pros and cons of each. I think it's going to be a combination of both of those things, but yeah. Um, and there's space for all of that. Yeah, there's absolutely. absolutely space for all of that. You yeah. know, because for us, you're right. Like the work that we do is very, very technical. It's very hands-on. It's very like tied to, um, to you know, to ensuring that kids know what careers or jobs they may be able to pursue. Right? How to yeah. like essentially position themselves to own a piece of land. Yeah. All very technical. Whereas we still absolutely need the organizations who are on the defense, who yeah. have the uh, you know, who in the politics, who are. Trying to get elected officials to do things for us, yep. to change laws. Everything's you know? inside out. Oh, yeah. Everything's inside out. It's so important. And then, by the way, a lot of what you're saying and, like, a lot of the skills you're teaching are not exclusive to 
DACA students. The universal. Anybody. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like anybody, most people, yeah. you know what I mean? Especially most people that are also in those schools with them. Mm-hmm. We don't have those tools. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I was learning about air rights yesterday. Like, somebody was talking to me about, like, what the process is to, like, own air rights. That's... In a building, like I'm like, fam, there op- there's people operating on a whole different level. Yeah, it's insane. That's insane, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people own the air. Like, this is crazy. Uh, um, that's pretty insane. Yeah, it reminds me of the oxygen tanks uh, during, like, you know, we're not out of the pandemic yet, but at yeah. its peak, right? There was, yeah. there was a lack of oxygen tanks, and still is in some countries. Yeah, but that's, I mean, yeah, I think of like, dude, it's um, no, it's uh, there, there is space. Uh, if, if, you know, if we're allowed to, but also there is space for us to create space, even if we are not allowed to, for, to create a a redesign, right? Redesign the way things are. Um, and so. But we can't keep waiting around for some dude with fancy clothes (laughs) and fancy words to like change shit for us. Like, yeah, I love that. Ain't nobody coming to save us, bro. No, we, we, we got to get to it. And, um, and it's it's not just us alone too, though, right? It's just like an incredible network of folks. Yep. who want to help, who want yep. to support. Um, so it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, um, we got to do it. We got to do it. You're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Juntos. Doing it. Juntos. <laughs> together. I love that. Um, yes, any parting words, anything you want to make sure that people leave the podcast and with? Um, you know, so, dude, yeah. So uh, I, I guess a few words is um, to students, uh, families, uh, educators, school leaders, you know, um, the, the, the decision by that Texas judge uh, yesterday is absolutely going to impact um, our community in a very negative way. There's no doubt about it. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many there. We were helping students who are just about ready to submit and now they can't submit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but regardless, it, it, you know, wherever you're at, um, we need you to help us build that hope. And mm-hmm. I, like I mentioned, not just words, but have the actual systems uh, in place to to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're a school leader who wants your staff trained, hit us up. You know, we want to expand our resource. We want to make sure your staff is ready to support undocumented students mm-hmm. um, at any time. And for students out there, like check us out. Let's connect. You know, we want to help you know that there are people who have gone through what you've gone through and are trying to make it better. So. Um, the road is a little bit softer for you as yeah. well, or just clearer. Um, uh, and we're here. And so um, we're going to keep the hope up. You know, we still got to let our, our feelings uh, do what they do. We got to feel, we got to be in the moment. You know, these are yeah. tough times. Um, uh, but just know that, the, you know, uh, the sun always rises, right? Yeah. Again and again. So we got we to gotta keep at it. Got to keep at it. I got yeah. one more question for you. Yes, sir. When you came into this, what what assumptions did you have moving into this role that you've had to let go of over the past year? So you mean like becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, like in, like through that process, what that maturation process, like what what assumptions did you have coming into it that like you learned, like you had to let go? Mm. So it was that. Um, that I, I, you know, that I can do this on my own. Yeah. You know, I think that's one big assumption. And I don't mean like, I'm still grinding the way on my computer, like on my yeah. own, like very, right? I, I don't mean like, I, there's always has to be a team member that I'm working with now. Yeah. What I mean is just that like, 
in order to, to make that impact, I absolutely have to realize that um, I got to let go of my ego. I got to let go of my pride and ask for help. Yeah. And ask for help. And, and if I really want to make that impact, support as many students as we want to, like, cannot do this alone. So that was yeah. one of the biggest assumptions, um, absolutely, to make that happen. Um, and, and the other is that uh, um, undocumented students um, only want to uh, kind of like, the only way to get them to college is to, to show them that like, hey, you gotta, you, you have to do politics. Hmm. You have to be involved in the electoral process. You have to be in the civics. Yeah, yeah. The, the reality is that there's a lot of undocumented students who are rightfully fearful hmm. of doing anything political. And mm -hmm. I say rightfully because you don't know where people's come, like, like where their family backgrounds are from, right? Some yeah. people are escaping uh, civil war. Some people yeah. are escaping per persecution, right? And like you said, that shit is toxic, dude. It, it, it's absolutely toxic. So I, I um, but so I say that because um, there are so many students who still want to better their lives, but they don't necessarily want to be in that political space. They still want to help people out, but they want to do it kind of in their own terms. Yeah, you know, and and. Um, and we need to be inclusive yep. of all of that. 100%. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah. It's, thank you for having me, man. It's been an honor. Thank you for everybody who listens to this. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's get it. Let's go. All right, y'all. That was my man, Luis from Juntos to College. Really appreciate you coming out, man. I know a lot of the hard work um, that's been put into that. And uh, keep taking those punches. You know what I'm saying? And, um, if there's anything that we know is that we can not only survive, but we can thrive through the pain. And uh, you demonstrate that every single day. So I'm excited for the listeners to be able to uh, hear that story once again. And I'm um, really excited to see what's next, not only for you, but for our community as a whole. This week's Denver Artist Spotlight is my man, Avatar Vaughn. Um, the song's called Stray Away uh, from his 2021 project called Cosmic. Hope y'all enjoy. Peace. Some of that trancey music with kaleidoscope dreams <laughs> in Transylvania, of all places. <laughs> Stay from